Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. The job market in Minnesota is strong right now. Unemployment is still under 3%. But that doesn't mean everyone's job is secure. We've seen a string of layoffs at big companies in Minnesota this summer. Last week, Alina Health said it would eliminate 350 jobs. 3M is laying off more than 1,000 people at its Maplewood headquarters. Wells Fargo is eliminating more than 350 jobs across the country in its home mortgage division, and that includes several dozen workers here in Minnesota. Meanwhile, many companies are watching their bottom line, and thousands more workers are wondering if their company or industry may start shedding jobs. This hour, we're going to talk about what it is like to lose a job. Two job counselors are joining me here in the studio to tell us about the help that is available for people who are unemployed. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. Have you ever been laid off from your job? Tell us about the experience. Where did you end up? And what advice do you have for people who are dealing with a layoff right now. The phone lines are open. You can call us at 651-227-6000. Again, 651-227-6000 or call 800-242-2828. But first, because it's Monday and I need to get caught up on what else is going on, NPR's Senior Economics (laughs) Contributor Chris Farrell is here to get us updated on news on the national economy. Hi, Chris. Hey, good morning. Hi. I know the heat is in the news right now in Minnesota, but also some uh, big economic news that we should be watching out for the Federal Reserve meeting on whether or not to raise interest rates. Well, okay. <laughs> is this good? Yes. okay. And the unanimous opinion of people who watch the Fed is that the Fed governors, when they meet, they're going to raise interest rates. So put it at a 22-year high. Uh, by raising their benchmark interest rate. Uh, But what people then are really going to pay attention to, Angela, is how does Fed Chair Jerome Powell and the other governors talk about this rate increase? Are they going to say this is, you know, we think this is it? Are they going to leave the the door open for further rate increases? And the expectation is that the the Fed governors will be very conservative. They're going to be really worried. They're going to leave the door open for another rate increase. And they meet next in September. So they'll have some time to get some additional data. And inflation has been heading lower, right? Yes. So inflation you know, peaked at uh, 9.1% back in June of uh, 2022. It's now, and it's now running at 3%. And you're seeing uh, decreases, for example, in uh, used car prices, egg prices that come down, price of shelters coming down. Surveys, the uh, University of Michigan survey of consumer um, of consumers, consumers seem to be anticipating uh, that inflation is going to come down. And so one interpretation of what's going on right now, and this comes from Ed Yardena. He's been a longtime economist uh, watching uh, watching the Fed. And what he he's arguing is that, look, inflation reflected the shock waves that were just released by the pandemic. And then as the pandemic abates, inflation pressures are coming down. That's one theory. The Fed, I think, probably buys that but they're going to be much more cautious and they may still want to put out an insurance policy. Uh, As we look at the unemployment rate here in Minnesota, Minnesota's unemployment rate for June 
at 2.9% and nationally at 3.6%. So again, a sign the economy is remaining strong. It is. And about half the states have record unemployment rates and consumers have a lot of income, you know, because of the strong job market and because weight wages have been coming up. Corporations have a lot of cash. The surveys show that consumer confidence is, is in, increasing. But the most important part is the labor market. So the term is the prime working age, and that is ages 25 to 54 years. And um, and so we haven't seen the levels in terms of the labor force participation rate of prime workers uh, since uh, 2002, since really two decades. And the increase is being largely driven by the increase of women, the labor force participation of women, which has reached a record high, but the labor force participation rate for men is also up. And so one of the things that we've learned during this period of time, Angela, is that economists really systematically underestimated how many people were on the sidelines of the job market. And the longer this economy where employers have been looking for workers, there's been demand for workers, you know, more and more people have come off uh, the sidelines. And we're also just seeing some decent wage increases, particularly among workers uh, who are in the lower wage sectors of the economy. So there are two worries. I have to put in the worries in there. One is what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the hour, which is really the layoffs, which seem to be rolling from industry to industry. Mm -hmm. But the other worry uh, is this. Even though the overall unemployment rate, 3.6%, black unemployment has increased. And the black unemployment was 6% in June, and that's up from 4.7% in April, which was, since we've been keeping the data, a record low. So when the uh, employment number comes out, Look very closely what happens to black employment. You know, is it is this a blip, sort of a statistical anomaly, or is it the beginning of a worrisome trend? Mm. All right. Uh, we're going to be hearing more about layoffs for the rest of the hour. And uh, I mentioned Alina Health last week uh, announced it would lay off 350 people. What do we know about this, and, and how does it fit in with the big picture of the job market? Um, because, again, we've been saying it's a strong labor market right now. Right. And I don't want to – anything I say, I do not want to minimize the gut punch when you lose your job. All right? It is. It can be – Uh, psychologically, emotionally, financially devastating. But what we're seeing is a lot of industries that staffed up had a lot of demand. Technology would be a classic Mm -hmm. example during the pandemic. I think a lot of it is a correction from that period of time. And what's different about this, Angela, is that there's still hiring going on elsewhere in the economy. And even within some of these big companies, they may be laying off in one division. I mean, a lot of the big banks that are laying off in their mortgage division, they're still hiring recent college graduates in other divisions of the company because they want to get that younger, educated uh, workforce in, into the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So, again, not minimizing when people lose lose their jobs. But so far, the, the layoffs have not spilled over to take down the overall economy. What they seem to be more reflecting are what's happening in that particular industry. All right. Uh, Chris Farrell, our senior economics contributor here at NPR News. And Chris, I'm, I'm going to ask you to stay with us as I bring in our, our two other guests to continue our conversations about layoffs and what to do if you suddenly lose your job. Uh, reminding our listeners, I want to hear from you. Have you ever been laid off? Tell us about the experience. What did you end up doing? And what advice do you have for people who are dealing with getting laid off right now? You can call us at 651 or 800-242-2828. I'd love to hear from you. In the studio with me are two guests. We have Leah McNamee 
a senior program manager at the nonprofit organization Hired here in the Twin Cities, where she oversees workforce development programs, including the Dislocated Worker Program that works with people who have been laid off. Hired right now is working with 3M employees through a state contract. Good morning, Leah. Thank you for coming in. Good morning, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate being here. Also next to you, we have Shelly Jensen-Decker. Shelly is a career counselor with Minnesota Job Partners. That is the Career Services Division of the Minnesota Teamsters Service Bureau. The nonprofit organization provides career counseling, job search support, and access to training for people in a wide range of jobs. Shelly, nice to meet you. Thank you for coming in. Nice to meet you too, and thanks for having me. So, Shelley, um, every time uh, and Leah, every time I read about layoffs, you know, I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very sensitive. I really do feel for people who are affected. You know, how would you begin to describe just the range of emotions that we know that people go through when they are laid off, uh, Shelley? Well, it, there's a very broad range of emotions, and it's not unlike the grief cycle that you hear about when there's a death, because it's a loss, right? Grief. It's a huge yes. loss. Mm-hmm. So. Everybody's different. I mean, I've had clients come in and say, it's a business decision. I can live with it. I'm going to move on. But I would say that's not the norm, that people come in in shock and denial and ask the question, why did this happen to me? Am I not valuable? Did I not offer something to this organization? Am I not as good as I thought I was? And they do the whole roller coaster of shock, denial, feeling sad, feeling mad, Um and I do say roller coaster because you can have a great day and the next day, boom, mm-hmm. you're, you're in the pits. And Leah, Chris just described it as a gut punch. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. So if, if, some people see it coming, but even when it happens, they're surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear stories about they call people into the office one at a time and some come out with a green folder or whatever that is, right? And they and then everybody knows that they got laid mm-hmm. off. But it's just giving me chills because yeah. I've actually been in the room when this has happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's, it's often not tied. It, it's often not tied at all to job performance. So I think that's what is hard for people. Right, right. We hear people say they got fired, not laid off. So there's some confusion. Like that's how bad they feel. Like they were fired, not laid off. Business decision. Right. Um, so it's hard. How do you describe the difference? Between fired and laid off? Mm-hmm. Well, fired is when you've done something at work you're not supposed to do, or mm-hmm. your performance has been bad and your supervisors, bosses have been talking to you about it over and over again, and you're not correcting. And the layoff, again, you don't have a job, but you didn't do anything. Correct. You didn't do anything wrong right. at all. All right. So, uh, um, Leah, who are you seeing walk through the doors right now at Hired uh, who say they have been laid off? Uh, what kinds of industries and, and occupations are, are losing workers? It's it's broad. It it really does hit a lot of different industries right now. It's not like in the sometimes in the past you could kind of see it happens to the IT industry, the finance industry, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Now it's just everybody from everywhere. It's there's no there's no one thing. Like I said earlier, it's it's a, one company can be laying off and hiring at the same time. So it's very broad. And um, can. Shelly, the organizations that both you and Leah work for, you're providing services through um, a state program called Dislocated Workers Program. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us more about that, what you do, and the kinds of support available to people that they need to know about. Right. So we work with people who have been laid off through no fault of their own, and we provide a range of services from career coaching, so working with clients individually and helping them with career direction and job search strategies, 
we also have workshops that supplement the career coaching. We also have training funds, which is a nice, nice feature that if the career coach and um, the client decide it makes sense for you to ha- have some training to enhance a skill or develop a new skill that you will get reemployed more quickly, then we can possibly fund training for them. And we also offer financial support for those who qualify. Um, so it really is a broad range of wraparound holistic services, great counselors on staff who are good counselors. Mm-hmm. You know, they they can see the the emotional part of it as well as the practical piece of having to get a job. And I understand you've lost a job before. Tell us what happened to you, Shelley. Yes, I have. <laughs> I still can feel a little bit of that gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an organization that was in financial distress. I had actually just been promoted, so I had a larger salary. Mm. And what often happens in layoffs is that the larger salaries are the ones that are cut because it's a business decision, decision right? Mm-hmm. So that that's essentially what happened is that I was I had a higher salary and so was the position was eliminated. But despite all that practical information or facts that I just gave you, it's a gut punch. It's why me? Mm-hmm. That does, this doesn't make sense. Why not this other person? I you know, I thought I did good work. What What's going on here? Why am I getting laid off? So it, it's helpful to work with clients having gone through that experience because I can relate to them on that yeah. level. And Leah, do you find are people um, reluctant to receive help? Because in the beginning, they're just like, uh, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to deal with this. And maybe even some embarrassment or you know, maybe it's the range. Maybe people are like, great. Like, like OK, now what do I do? Can you help me? Yeah, I think there are there is some reluctance out there to seek help. I think sometimes people feel like, especially that there's maybe a stigma attached to being involved in something that is funded through the state or something like that. And so they, they stay away from it. Or maybe they think that because we're not some fancy outplacement service, that our, the quality of our service isn't going to be at the same caliber as some of those other programs. Um, and that's that's very wrong. We work with people from the C-suite down to the frontline workers and all like our counselors have tons of experience in working across the board with a lot of very different individuals. We approach each person as a unique individual with a unique set of circumstances, needs, et cetera. And, and that's how we work from it. And we work from where they are when they come in. Some people come in, they know exactly what they want. They got it all mapped out. They've done all this. Other people are like I don't need- have a resume, haven't updated the resume in years. <laughs> I mean, like, right. I guess they have no idea. Like, where do I even begin? Right. right, and yeah, some people say, you know what, I can't run in that rat race anymore. Mm-hmm. I would like to maybe change what I'm doing. So we do have some career changers that come in through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, people who say, you know what, I want to start my own business. We have people like that that come through the doors. So we work with entrepreneurs as well. So a real broad range of individuals that we work with. So you're working, uh, Leah, uh, through Hired, you're working with some of the 3M employees um, to find them new jobs. So what are these people expressing and what kinds of jobs there? Is it just a range also? I think there's a lot of fear in finding income replacement. Right, because it's not just a job. I need a, a similar job. Right, right. And, and oftentimes... We see people who maybe got their job um, right out of high school, or maybe they did a year of tech work, and now they've worked their way up, worked their way up, right? And now they're making, you know, really good money with a high level title, 
But when they take that out into the Star world over. again, mm-hmm. there isn't, they're like, everybody wants a college degree. The college degrees, the end all be all. I don't have a college degree. And some of that I think is in their head. Shelly might agree with that. Other times it's real um, because they think, I don't, you know, and that's where that, that reskilling, that piece where we can assist with some training and get them some certifications that can really go a long way for some folks. What would you say about that, uh, Shelley? People who like they've proven themselves, they they have great experience in this particular skill, but they don't have a college degree. What are they supposed to do? Well, and I think Leah nailed it, that sometimes it's just in their head and other times it's reality. Mm. Um, Because they do have all of this experience and these skills that they can bring to a new job. And so you know, you work with it. It depends on the industry and the job, and so you work with the client where they are individually to get them to, um, you know, do an assessment of their skills, their abilities, and what they can do to enhance their competitive competitiveness in the job search. Um, what can you tell us about employers? What are they? What are they telling you all they're looking for? A lot of it too. I'm I'm hoping has to do with like maybe attitude and and yes and 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 can you speak to that? That people need to understand that that matters as well. And then how do you show you have a great attitude? Right, attitude does matter. Um, again, it depends with employers and what they're looking for, but. Uh, attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. And so I talk to clients a lot about self-care, taking care of themselves so that they do have a better attitude. You know, get exercise, eat well, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself so that your attitude improves. Be grateful. Get support Mm -hmm. from other people, not just from me as the career counselor, but friends, family, former coworkers who can help you increase your attitude and your positivity. We were uh, talking before the show started, and both of you were telling me stories about people right now still reluctant to turn their cameras on. And a lot of interviews <laughs> right now are still remote and on cameras. Right. And so, uh, Leah, what are you seeing with that? And what advice do you have about that for people to, to, to look <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I guess, maybe demonstrate that you are someone that, that, that should be brought into a company and to be someone's coworker? Turn your camera on, number <laughs> Why? one. Why? Why do they need um, to see us? Yeah. <laughs> Um, because that really helps establish rapport. And I mean, first impressions go a long, long way. Um, and that's why I like to say also practice. If you've never used Zoom before, find a friend, find somebody to do a couple Zoom calls with you so you know how to work the functionality of it. If you want to put a background in instead of having, you know, your dirty kitchen in the background or whatever, I mean, do those things so it comes across as very professional. Um I don't care if you wear pajama pants, but put on a nice shirt. I mean, or blouse or whatever it is. I mean, dress like you're going to an interview. I've seen some people on their Zoom cameras and you're like, what? What, what were you thinking? <laughs> what, what were you thinking? And then, you know, check your lighting. That's another big thing. Like I said earlier, you don't want to look like you're uh, in witness protection when you're on camera with, with an employer. So there's settings for that and Teams and Zoom and probably Google Meet and all that stuff that you can check ahead of time. So so that's some of the practical advice that you can get if you work with a job counselor as you search, right? Yeah. I would also add to that when you are on camera, look at the camera, look the light. Yeah, I'm look always talking to my kids about that, like eye contact. And yes. yeah, making sure you're <laughs> that looking feels at the like eye contact on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than and I have this tendency, 
when you see the pic- the person on the other side of the camera, you see their picture. I always look at that picture when they're talking or I'm talking. But don't do not do that. <laughs> look at the camera. Oh, yeah. okay, the image. And yeah. you yes. look at the screen, look at yeah. the camera. Because, because when you're they're in person, seeing yeah. you they're seeing your eyes yeah, and there and, yes yeah and there are ways Ooh. you can turn yourself off so you're not looking at yourself yes on the um, camera because that can be very mm-hmm. distracting mm-hmm. um when you're talking with somebody because you keep looking at yourself and just right. keep in mind that you're still on camera and so don't be playing with your hair and mm-hmm. you know those kinds of things Ooh, chris wow if I, yeah if i had to start all over again there'd be a lot like oh my goodness like where do i begin and so what are you hearing so far <laughs> what we've talked about so two things one is that anybody get lays off yes it is personally traumatic but there is really no longer a stigma to being laid off because so True. many people you think about the True. it used to be if we go back to the 80s and you lost your job you were laid off there was this sense, well, something has to be wrong with you. Yeah, they didn't there need have, you. They didn't need you. Mm-hmm. There have been so many layoffs. So many people have had this experience that you are just, you know, there, there is no stigma there. The other thing, and I just uh, offer this, emphasize, don't be a stoic. Don't be lonely. Reach out to everybody. Talk to everybody. Network with everybody. You know, some of it's emotional support. Some of it is they may have uh, good ideas for where you might find a job. But tap into your network. Rely on your network. And don't be lonely. You ha- That's one of the ways that you actually keep your, your attitude stronger right. is by staying engaged with your network, engaged with people around you. Don't be lonely. And yeah, tell everybody, I'm looking for a job. Can you help exactly. me? Right? Yes, exactly. And, and you're both nodding. So that's yeah. important. Networking. Too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, networking yeah, absolutely. is key. Okay. Uh, let's take some phone calls from our, our listeners. Uh, we're talking about layoffs. Have you ever been laid off from your job? Tell us about the experience. Uh, where did you end up? And what advice do you have for people who are dealing with a layoff right now? I'm talking with two job counselors, but I, I want to hear from you too. Call us at 651 227 6000 or 800 242 28. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. In uh, Minneapolis, we have Joanne on the line. Joanne, good morning. What do you want to tell us? Good morning. Um, thank you, Angela. I love your program, by the way. Thank you. Um, well, Chris was just talking about what I wanted to touch on. It's um, I can't imagine doing a job search by myself. Um, what a lonely road that would be. And um, not very productive because you don't have the guidance that you really need to um, navigate all that you need to navigate to be successful in your job search. And that's why I wanted to give my credit to, you know, both Leah and Shelly. Um, I've, I've had, I've worked with hired when I was coming off public assistance decades ago. And um, after turning 61, I worked with Shelly um, Jensen Decker at the Minnesota Teamster Service Bureau. Um, and she was my job counselor. So it was, I was great. I was um, really excited that she was on this program. Did you get a new um, job? Tell us about your job. I did. I did. I got my dream job. Um, I'm now a building inspector, and I had suffered a layoff in the construction industry, and mm. um, I needed I needed great assistance in, in finding my path, and Shelly just really helped me explore different avenues and um, and and ended up at my dream job, and I'm just so grateful for the experience, and so now you're a building inspector, so that uh, previous experience in construction helped you a lot. Yeah, it did. And and um, and also um, the support of the Teamsters Bureau and the Dislocated Workers Program to go back to school mm-hmm. to get the uh, additional um, 
credits that I needed to become certified as a as a as a building inspector were invaluable. And um, well, thank you, Joanne. Breadwinner. Okay, thank you. A, a success story. I appreciate that. Um, while the producers on the show were working on researching this, we, we reached out to some folks who, to help us get a better understanding of what's happening with layoffs. And, and one of those people is on the line right now. We have um, Sandy Damoth on the line. Sandy's a job counselor with the Southwest Minnesota Private uh, Industry Council in Worthington. And she's been working with people laid off from the High Life Meat Processing Plant in the nearby town of Wyndham. Hi, Sandy. Good morning. Hi, thank you for calling in. Uh, it, it's different when you're in a, a more rural environment and there is a, a big layoff. Tell us about uh, what you're doing now with the folks who uh, lost their jobs. About a thousand people laid off uh, at that pork processing plant in Wyndham. Uh, tell me about the kinds of yes. jobs they had, Sandy. Yes, um, so Wyndham is a small community. The population is around 4,800 people and the layoff affected over a thousand people just at the High Life plant. Mm -hmm. And so not only did it affect the workers, but they had people who drove buses because they bussed in from a couple communities. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it affects the people at a gas station because they're not stopping to get gas, Mm -hmm. Um, the grocery stores, the banks. I mean, it affects a, a lot of things. It's a ripple effect when it's in a small community like that. And we are a part of the career force, and um, at our office, the Private Industry Council administers the dislocated worker grant. And so it's it's very emotional. Um, the last day we were able to go in with the state under rapid response, and, you know, people are saying goodbye to their friends that they've made at work. They're saying goodbye to, you know, supervisors that they've respected. It's just... Um, a lot for them. And we struggle with them too. I heard the other girls talking about saying they were fired and let go. And we try really hard to impress to the people it was nothing they did. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's not your fault. But we are trying to help them move on. And I always try to tell them, look at this as an opportunity, you know, to do something that you've always wanted. It just hurts that girl says she got her dream job. And that's what we would mm-hmm. like um, to do too. So Sandy, uh, you were there at the plant the day it closed. And so you witnessed the shock and the sadness, but something else also happened. Uh, people, you know, they lost their health care uh, immediately in, in that case. Tell us about that. Right. So um, when High Life was, was struggling, they filed a, what was called a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And under that, their insurance ended that day. And the people did not find that out until that day. Sometimes when we go into a closing, people know that they're going to be losing their insurance. We start telling them, you know, to go out and check out other options, apply for things like Minsure and and whatever help is out there. They did not find out till that day, and so that has been a struggle. And immediately our um, community service came on board and was there to help take applications and answer questions. And we've been just working with people. If you were pregnant or you had a medical condition, you needed something immediately. Mm-hmm. So and that was very, very emotional. So right now, again, you're with the Southwest Minnesota Private Industry Council in Worthington. You're working with uh, these uh, employees on finding new work. Uh, and I'm imagining maybe in training programs. I mean, what can you do uh, to help them find new jobs? What's the focus? 
Right. So, you know, we're looking at opportunities for them. There have been a lot of places that are hiring down here after COVID. And so we're lucky for that. But the other thing is, you know, it kind of pits friends against friends. Like if there's a clerical job and you worked in the office, Mm -hmm. now we're both going to try for that job. So sometimes that's hard. Um, for people to do that, but we offer on-the-job training, so we offer we can offer to pay half of their wages to an employer as an incentive to hire them, and they have a good work ethic, a, a good work history, but I need to help them get in the door, so that works really well. It's a benefit for the employer because the biggest cost is training them, and then it's a great opportunity for the person to not only maybe learn something new, but have immediate income. So that's been a real successful program for us. But the other thing we're able to do is offer schooling, and we help with tuition and books. So maybe this is a chance I have some people that are going to go to school to be electricians, plumbers, mm. welders, wonderful business management, um, They are mechatronics. They are just reaching out to fields that they hope will help them become more employable. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is our services are all free. And so to be eligible, you have to have lost your job uh, through no fault of your own. So uh, the individuals that lost their job at High Life qualify for us. And so this is a grant. It is not something that they ever pay back to us. All right. This is uh, Sandy Damuth. We're talking with a job counselor with the Southwest Minnesota Private Industry Council in southwestern Minnesota. Uh, she's been working with uh, the more than 1,000 people laid off in June at the High Life Meat Processing Plant in the nearby town of Wyndham. Thank you, Sandy. I, I appreciate you sharing with us what's happening there. Um, a lot to take in there. Again, what's uh, different uh, across, uh, you know, rural communities or, or when you're trying to find a new job and something, you know, a town that has only like 4,800 people, when a thousand people lose their jobs, like that's, where do you go? What are you seeing with that, Leah? It's harder, it, obviously. It, it sure does make it harder. And um, I think that means sometimes people end up picking up and moving to a different yes. community, which right. just compacts the the impact of the layoff because they're just starting their life all over again someplace else because they've got to take those skills somewhere. And when mm-hmm. you're talking about more rural communities, you you don't you can't just go from Minneapolis to St. Paul to get a job. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to go from Wyndham to another county, perhaps maybe even right. another county to mm-hmm. find to find work. So that and transportation can be a huge issue in those rural areas. Um, you know, like she said, they were busing some people in. Other people probably rode to work with friends, family members, whatever it was. And now they've got to find jobs in different places. A lot of disruption. Lots right. of disruption. And then, Shelley, what would you say about uh, what's more challenging if you're in, um, you know, a, a county or a small town um, where you don't have as many choices of where to work? What's most challenging about that? Well, mm-hmm. the fact that there aren't as many choices <laughs> of where to work. So you, your options are more limited in that particular situation. And if you do need to move to another town or county, not only have you lost the job, you've lost all of these other supports and relationships in your life that you've you've spent right. years making. Right. And so it's a double whammy. And then you have to find a new place to live. Chris, right. what are you seeing with, you know, the more rural communities, how they're handling layoffs. Well, I think it's one of the reasons why you're seeing uh, more self-employment. So if you have Mm. some skill, you have some knowledge, and you're living in a rural area, and yes, you could move, 
but you might have an aging parent and you're, you're have yeah. family members around and you're taking care of them. One of the reasons why it's so hard for people to move these days is the cost of housing. Where are you going to live? But the other thing is, you know, we have these family networks with young children or aging parents and people very reluctant to move. And so one of the you're seeing, I think, among your uh, workers who might be 50 years and older who have some experience and they're able to start their own business, it may be just them. It may be them with uh, one or two other people, not maybe even in a formal partnership, but you just kind of work together on different projects. But self-employment, one of the reasons why I think self-employment is up is just what we're talking about in a rural area. Let's go to the phone lines in Wisconsin. Wisconsin checking in this morning. Rod is on the phone. Good morning, Rod. What do you want to share with us about layoffs? Uh, good morning. Um, I'm a recent layoff person. Uh Literally uh, a week to the moment, almost. Uh, I was one of the 350 laid off from Alina. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. Ah, thank, thank you. Um, it was rough because it was a good position. I really liked this one. Um, probably my best position in the company since, like, 99. But, um, so, yeah, so what I'm doing now that, you know, I had to get my bearings straight last week. And one of the things I'm doing, you know, I got my wife who's great support, helping me keep lists, keep me on track. But, like, one of the things I'm doing is I'm doing some online training. I looked up found about the um, Google certificates programs, um, and those aren't real expensive, and you can go at your own pace. So right now I'm currently taking a Google Data Analytics um, course, said so I can get it done in about six months or less. So I've got plenty of time now to you know jam that out, um, but it's hard to keep on track and also keep job searches to keep something while we're going. Mm-hmm. So, Rod, you're one, you're, positive is the main thing. you're one week out. What was last week like for you? Did, was it sort of like in phases day to day, how you were kind of accepting the news? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's funny thing is, is Monday, you know, we had this initial meeting and it was for like in an hour and a half. I'm like, okay, that's okay, interesting. And then we're in that meeting and it was a flashback to a couple of years ago during the pandemic when Alina sold off the DME version or department or division or whatever to another company. And it was just the same feeling. And I'm like, Oh, and sure enough. So I was just in shock. And then the wife wasn't there. She was in a meeting. So I couldn't just say, Hey, guess what? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, day to day, it's just been accepting it. It's frustrations, but you know, I'm, I'm an optimist. And I know there's lots of opportunities out there to better yourself. There's you know, Udemy, all kinds of free and inexpensive online things that you can up your skills while you're waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what, your resume immediately and did, stay did, positive. Did they give you a folder with some options of, of like support services that they were offering, some job uh, placement, job counselors that you could go to? Was that part of your yeah. meeting? Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They sent me a... Uh, a packet by email um, with some resources and stuff, and uh, it's still, you know, just trying to get everything straight with the mm-hmm. Cobra and and all that. Insurance, At least they're giving a little yeah. severance and, and giving us a deal on Cobra for a couple months. So, and what's that's your goal? Because that's expensive. Do you think you'll be employed again in the same field, or are you looking for something different? I'm looking for whatever. Um, I'm I'm kind of enjoying the fact that I'm doing this data analytics course because it'll be a nice upgrade. I feel that I've kind of held my own self back over all these years, but everything kind of builds on everything. Mm-hmm. So um, well, I, it's it's helping me. I love hearing your optimism, and I love the fact that you, you're leaning on on your wife for support, <laughs> and that she's helping yeah, she's, you keep those lists. <laughs> yeah, she's a list maker, and I'm kind of a 
ADHD, I, I'll get it done eventually kind of person, but I, I can get things done. It's well, she's she's not my focus point. So, All right. That's Rod in Wisconsin. Thank you, Rod. Uh, just laid off a week ago. Uh, another person we can talk to, you know, uh, we can bring in somebody else who has a story to tell about getting laid off and then starting her own business. On the line right now, we have uh, Judy on the phone. Uh, Judy was laid off from her job as an executive director at a, a youth sports nonprofit uh, after working there for 20 years. Hi, Judy. Hi, Angela. How are you this morning? Hi, I'm doing well. Now, I, I understand uh, you were, you were let go uh, years ago, but but take me back to the day you found out you were losing your job after being there for so many years. What was that like for you? Uh, it was not a good feeling, you know, after you're there and you think you're having a review and the board just says, hey, we want to go in a different direction. You're like, I mean, you just pause. You go like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And listening to the other callers, you know, you go through those phases. It's like losing a loved one. It's, you're losing your job and you grieve and you're angry. And then you go, you know what? Things happen for a reason. There's something better out there for me. And what was your course of action? What happened in the you know months after that, Judy? So I did a ton of networking. I networked with, this is pre-COVID. This is in 2018. I networked with over 200 people one-on-one, just asking questions. People would refer me to people. And I just kept exploring different ideas because I didn't want to go back in the same field. I wanted something different. And so um, after all those months, I still hadn't figured it out. And I read a lot of books, a lot of books mm-hmm. to figure out what I want to do when I grow up again, because this would be my third career. And um, I took a trip with my son and gave me a lot of focus. I came back and I had a couple offers. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I have a friend who's a franchise broker. So... Um, my husband and I took the assessment, and um, I'm an operations person, and my husband's very creative. And my husband's like, go do what you want to do. I'll catch up to you when I can't do what I do. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> so um, we, did, we looked at um, a coffee shop first as a franchise, and I'm like, I don't even like coffee. I was at a ton of coffee shops, but I don't like coffee. I just don't think I want to go there. So, um, so you decided so you were going to start online. your own business. You were going to work for yourself. That was your decision. No, it was a franchise. So I went into a franchise model. Mm, okay. So a franchise broker can offer you all of these different types of businesses. I see. So we looked at the different options. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it was a coffee shop. It was an online tutoring. It was a deck of lash. It was um, a flower tent. And then it came to Fastest Labs, which is a franchise. And I said, you know, how hard can it be to start a business? I had, you know, 25 years of experience. This should be no problem. Well, I bought a franchise that nobody knew about in the state of Minnesota. So that was very interesting. What is it called again? So, um, Fastest Labs. Fastest of Labs is my location. Okay. Yep. Fastest and Labs of Bloomington. What does it do? What kind of work does it do? So we are a drug, alcohol, DNA, and background check company. Oh. So companies will come to us for pre-employments, their randoms, post-accidents. They need a paternity test, a hair test, a nail test. Yes. Or background check. Right. So I help people get a job. So I love to hear their story, and I share my story with them when they come in a lot of times, and they're like, "Wow!" Right. Like you know, you never know where you're going to end up. So do you feel you're better off now than before your layoff, even though you had a job for 20 years that you enjoyed? You know what? I say yes. I feel like now I own my own business because it's a franchise and I'm the boss. And no one's <laughs> going to tell me I'm a, they want to go in a different direction. <laughs> and I'm happy. You are and the direction. Really, All right, Jean. I am the direction. <laughs> and the fun part is, you know, you control your own destiny. So the harder you work, the more networking I do to build my business and meet people and be you know, to share my story with others that you can do this. Yes, it's very scary. It's not for the weak at heart to mm-hmm. buy, start your own business or buy a franchise. It's scary. Mm-hmm. And there are days you want to cry and you're just like, 
in the first month I had two people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my husband's like, how many people? And I'm like, we had two, honey, whole month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And, you know, I just kept going. And that's, you know, I've been in business for four years and I just purchased two more territories. So here we come. I'm yes. going to be have more locations. And Judy, I, I want to make sure I have this right. I have this in my notes that uh, that you got help from uh, the state's dislocated worker program, CLIMB, which starts, which stands for Converting Layoffs into Minnesota Businesses. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. All right. I want to talk with our guests more about CLIMB. Uh, you were telling me this in the news break, like, Angela, let's talk about CLIMB. Uh, Shelly, tell me CLIMB. Converting layoffs into Minnesota businesses. What is that? It's a program to help people who want to start and run their own small business. And um, through CLIMB, we can help pay for training for people or consulting so that they learn the skills that they need to run their own business successfully. Um, And a benefit of it, it used to be that in order to collect unemployment, you had to be in a job search. So people who wanted to start their own business were penalized or looked for a job rather than starting a business. Mm-hmm. You can get through this program. You can you can get unemployment benefits. Um, and, and since you were right, Chris, what you said earlier, um, Chris people, is always people, right. He is. It's really kind of <laughs> I, annoying that. At, at times, actually. But <laughs> in the last in the recession in two thousand and eight, people. People over 50 were dramatically impacted, and entrepreneurship went through the roof. And that has continued to today, where, you know, even if you're not in a small town, you might think, I am done with the corporate stuff. I am done with big organizations. I want to be my own boss. I want to be. I'm the direction, as Judy said. We're not moving in a direction. I'm I'm the direction. I'm the direction. I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Um, uh, Leah, what do you want people to know about CLIMB? I think I think Shelley um, covered it, but really, I think what the you know one of the really great benefits is being able to continue to receive your unemployment compensation while earning money mm-hmm. from your business. So if you're even you know five hundred dollars, it's not going to count against your unemployment benefit. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were working a job while on unemployment, it would count against your benefits. So that's that's really nice. It gives people that window of time to kind of get things up and and rolling, um, and still have some base of income while they do that. And again, this is part of the state's dislocated worker program. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, anything you want to Well, the other, I just want to go uh, back to, to Judy when she said she talked to 200 people. And, you know, it's these conversations, this networking, the informational interview. This is how people get jobs. It's this second degree of separation, right? Somebody who knows somebody mm-hmm. who knows somebody thinks you might be good at it. But the other thing that these, this networking does is it helps you figure out, because both of you have mentioned about changing jobs, maybe changing careers. It helps you figure out what you're good at, not what is your job title, right. but what is your skill. So this networking is really important. Let's take another phone call from a listener, someone else who uh, experienced a layoff. This is Jay in Fridley. Good morning, Jay. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying hearing stories. What's your story? Mm-hmm. Uh, were you laid off recently, and, and what kind of job did you have? Yeah, so um, I was with one company, uh, you know, a famous uh, bus transportation company in Minnesota uh, okay. for a good over a decade with them. And um, at that time, also, the trucking industry was, you know, booming. And I took a leap of faith and upgraded, you know, my commercial driver license and got myself an A, Mm. I say. And, you know, I went along and said, you know, let me go get some more money. Jumped into that field 
And lo and behold, two months later, I get laid off. Mm. Um, once I get laid off, it was, you know, devastating because I took a leap of faith of something that, you know, I established myself in with the company for like 12 years to get into a company within two months just being laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and once that happened, I recalled when I went to a trucking school, I only had like, you know, I was coming out of my own personal pocket to pay for the trucking school. So I only took like five days worth of training. So the gal that worked there was like, hey, you know, um, if you're unemployed, you know that there's some programs out there that could pay for your whole school. And like, I guess the four, six week course, four, six weeks course of um, training you on trucking. And they gave me the contact to Teamsters. By that time, I wasn't un- unemployed. I was still working for, you know, the bus transportation. And So you got more behold, training? You chose to get new training? Um, no, I was paying out my pocket. But in order to qualify for that, um, for the six-week training, you had to be unemployed. So I wasn't unemployed at the moment because I was trying to upgrade before I left, you know, the I bus see. transportation company. So now, once I went to the um, trucking industry and I got laid off, you know, just little light bulb went off. And I was like, hold on, I remember I received that contact. And that's when I reached out to Teamsters and I told them my situation. And from there on, you know, they held my hand and helped me, you know, enroll into school in order to uh, get my HVAC um, certification. So now, so now you, you got certified and through an HVAC program. And where did you go to do that? I went to Hennepin Tech. I'm not completely certified, but mm-hmm. I'm through the course. I just completed my first semester. Um, looking forward to my second semester, and I'll be uh, completed with residential, which means you know I could be a technician to fix your furnace or yeah. AC and with, within a home. Right. And then you know I'm going to try to complete the second year, which would help me be able to uh, work on businesses. So you sound you know? optimistic, Jay. This is oh, it's very, working out very, very, very optimistic. You know. Um, Work with Teamsters, um, like Kate uh, over there at Teamsters. You know, she's been helpful, guiding me through. And also we got, um, you know, Hennepin Tech, the college itself, with uh, my instructor, Rob, who's mm. out there helping us much, I, you know. So I give thanks. I love and, the uh, word help. Thank you. That's uh, Jay and Fridley. So he uh, laid off from a trucking job and now uh, training uh, for a new career um, in, in HVAC. And um we're out of time, but again, I'm taking away the steam. Tell people, ask for help. Help is out there. Leah? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the networking is absolutely key. Um, I know one of my clients once way back when got a job because he talked to a guy at a gas station that he'd known in the past, and that, and within a week he had a it. job with that guy's company. So talk to everybody. And Shelly, <laughs> we, we just have 30 seconds left here. Well, I concur. I have a client who went at her son's soccer game, talked to another parent, and she got employed Ooh. that way. Unlimited so. <laughs> opportunities. Uh, <laughs> talk to people Chris, wherever Chris, you are. Same advice. I think the theme. Talk. <laughs> talk to people. Right. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation. I want to thank our guests. We've been talking to Leah McNamee, Senior Program Manager at the nonprofit organization Hired, and Shelly Jensen-Decker, a career counselor with Minnesota Job Partners, as well as Chris Farrell, NPR's Senior economics contributor. This conversation was produced by Maya Beckstrom. We'll be back tomorrow morning at nine. Be safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.